Hello, hello, hello. It is Graham Norton here on the Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose for another podcast. What are we waiting for? Let's get right into it. Author extraordinaire Anthony Horowitz talks about his latest Alex Ryder novel, Nightshade Revenge. We are giving away Waitrose Christmas goodies with our new competition, Winner Winner Christmas Dinner. Show chef Martha is baking as a treat today. It's sticky gingerbread cake with ginger frosting. You heard me. And Maria McCurlin is solving your dilemmas in Graham's Guide. Make sure to head to virginradio.co.uk slash Graham's Guide to submit your problems. And we might be able to help you out with a tricky situation. In fact, it's time to solve some problems now. Hello, Maria. Um, happy uh, Sunday. I, I, have you had the ladybird problem in your life? Uh, no, right. Um, did, did you I, hear about Cheryl and Somerset with the soggy ladybirds falling on the tree? Yes, I have. I live with ladybirds, though. OK. They, I, you know, I coexist with them. Well, Madeline, Newnham and Kent, uh, we have an infestation of them every year. One ladybird on your finger is lovely, but we get literally hundreds coming in to try and nest over the winter. Who knew ladybirds nested? Get over it. We call you birds. You're not really birds. And also, somebody came to look at them because it was in the whole house. Um, and uh, they said, oh, this is an infestation of foreign ladybirds. Ours are OK, apparently. But Those then filthy foreign, <laughs> foreign ladybirds. Foreign ladybirds came in and they're not very nice, apparently. No, of course. But not. then um, I, I stopped listening then because I was a bit too bored with the whole ladybird conversation. Yes, really. And I just decided they're tiny, I can coexist. I coexist with spiders and then outside there are rats, obviously, and badgers and foxes. Yes, and sometimes inside too. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on how lonely I am. <laughs> yeah. Hello, my pretties, come. Here's some chicken. Oh, she's like the Snow White of Hastings. <laughs> I just had an image of myself there looking like an old crone, looking like the witch who'd injected the apple. Sitting on the, uh, sitting on the doorstep with bits of bread. <laughs> Hello, Foxy. <laughs> Yes. Hello, Mr. Badger. Oh, it's Ratty. And Mrs. Badger. Um, did you watch Strictly last night? I did. It was rather good, wasn't it? Do you know what? And My, shorter, it was which on is good. so early. <laughs> oh, sorry. <clears throat> Do you need me to come and slap you on the back? No, I'm good. It was on I so have early. I a dagger as well. I was so on, on so early. My mother said, I'll start watching it and then I'll go and make a sandwich. During it. Yes. And I called her afterwards. Apparently, it was so good. She didn't make the sandwich. She didn't make the sandwich. She couldn't tear herself away. No, and, and it was short, and they're all they're all good now. So Ish. I mean, Leighton again was fabulous. That Argentinian tango that was, was thrilling. Hot, wasn't it? It was it hot, was, and it was it in was sort of drama. ridiculously good. Yeah, it was sort of stupidly good. Yeah, but it was amazing. Yeah. It really was. Amazing. I still don't think he'll win. I think he'll be in the top three. But I think we like people. Ellie was very good, even though she didn't get marked very good. Well, I think who's in danger this week, Graham, is um, Krishnan. Yeah. And maybe both Angela's, I hate to say that about our very own Angela Scanlon, but I think maybe both Angela's and possibly Annabelle Croft. Yes, I think uh, Angela, this this Angela, Virgin Angela. Virgin Angela. uh, Angela Scanlon, I think she'll be all right. Because last week she was in the bottom two, but then not in the bottom two because people voted for her. Yes. Whereas I think people aren't voting for poor old Angela Rippon. Why? Well, because I guess her fans don't have phones. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, they've got carrier pigeons they're they're adding up the scores on abacuses stop it (laughs) that's angelarist um i don't know i think maybe they feel that she's had her moment in the sun yes i mean i thought she was really good last night i did too apart from the pleatherette that they were both sporting could they could they not go to leather really and also it did look like uh, something had uh, landed in her head and made a house (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean a bird of some sort, but a deranged bird. A bird, it was a, it was a bird's first attempt at a nest. <laughs> what, does this go in here? It was like a, that? She was punking it up, wasn't Is she? Is that what it was? Yeah, oh, yeah. I think so. Because she was dancing to Madonna. And I looked at her dancing and I thought, Madonna would be jealous of that. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we'll find out tonight who's going to Blackpool. It is funny that, that the, the stakes are so high. It's like, you find it say to them, have you been to Blackpool? <laughs> I know, but it's the it's the home of oh, yes. dance, isn't it? Blackpool, the Tower Ballroom, the undersprung floor. I know. My mother danced on it years ago. I'm worried about your mum not having a sandwich now. You know no, how no, her blood no. sugar can go plummeting no, down. No, she had one the minute it was over. Half seven, she was in. What did yeah. she have? That I don't know. I didn't, we didn't get into the details, but uh, she did have one. Yes, because I gave. I, oh, oh, no, you've infected uh, me with coughing. Uh, no, because I, I call. I, I left a little gap after strictly because I thought oh, she'll be putting the kettle on uh, to make some tea. But in fact, sandwich. That's what was going on. I love yeah. that she was making a sandwich and putting the kettle on. What age is she now, Rhoda? Ninety. She's just about to be ninety-two. Oh my god! I know. And still eats her crusts. Good, and still has curly hair. <laughs> yes, she does. Take that, Angela. Yeah. <laughs> Angela Rippon. I know. Her uh, audience don't have phones. You said that out loud. <laughs> Virgin Radio. Featuring. Letter, please. Here we go. Dear Graham and Maria. Hey, it's our first Christmas problem. Blech. <laughs> Dear Graham and Maria, a problem known to every family, I'm sure, but we're currently stuck in a debate about where we're spending Christmas. We usually flip-flop every year between my parents and my husband's parents. And technically, this year, we should have been going to my in-laws in Derbyshire. However, this year my sister gave birth to her first daughter and invited the entire extended family, including my husband's side, to their brand new house in Devon. Lovely. We were all set to go until my husband's parents decided just a few weeks ago that they didn't want to travel down and would be spending Christmas in Derbyshire as usual, expecting us to join them. My husband thinks we should return to the usual plan, but I want to go and help my sister out. Equally, I want to spend time with my kids and husband, so I don't want to split us up or to offend my in-laws, but considering we agreed to go to my sister's earlier this year, I think we should stick to the original plan and go back to Derbyshire next year. How can I make him see sense, or am I the one who needs to change my mind? And that is from Kate in Northampton. A lot of people shouting at the radio. I know, everyone has an opinion. Yeah, everyone, everyone has an opinion. I mean, it's extraordinary how much emotional blackmail is deployed over what is effectively a two-day holiday. You know, it's somehow those two days, if you go the day after Boxing Day and the day after that, that's, that doesn't count. That doesn't no. count. No, you've put us last. That's offensive. It is offensive <laughs> to everyone. I mean, it is ludicrous and we have to cut through that immediately, Kate. I'm going to say to you, from the heart, stick to the plan. Oh, really? Yes, because... Because it was agreed. She's got a new daughter, uh, a new niece... Stick to the plan, i.e. go to your sisters. I know. 
Oh, wait. Okay, stick to the plan because... We're they... going to have a big disagreement. Yeah, here. yeah. They agreed to this. They agreed to this. The whole family, your sister, was kind enough to invite your husband's mum and dad. They agreed to it. A few weeks ago, they decided they were changing their mind. And that's not fair. Your husband must come with you and your children must come with you. And you must say to your in-laws, we'll come and stay during the Crimbo Limbo, you know, the week between Christmas and New Year, or two days afterwards, or the New Year will come and spend the whole day with you. It's two days and you've got a new niece and your sister needs your help. Don't know why she's doing Christmas with a new baby. That is insanity. Okay, okay. let's get to this then. What? If Kate, her husband, their kids and the two parents don't go, she'll need less help. So if you go to help, you're going to help because you're there. Unless this child is Jesus, there's no reason to show up at this new house in Devon for this Christmas. Wait a minute. None. They were invited earlier yes, in the year. Yes, and they said yes. And now the parents changed their mind. They said yes. They yeah. said yes. Everyone said yes. It was but all they agreed. they changed their mind in October. <clears throat> the plen- it's not like she's, what, she's bought the turkey already. Well, you know, avoid that at all costs then. <laughs> no, but they changed their mind willy-nilly when everything had been agreed. Not willy-nilly. Yes, willy-nilly. No, they just thought, you know what, we were just talking about it. We were. As you get older travel anxiety is real so they just thought we don't want to be driving uh, over the the Christmas period because the weather's awful and the Pennines oh exactly is it the Pennines I don't know I have no idea uh, yeah. there'll be a mountain somewhere yeah, between their yeah, house yeah, and yeah. Devon um, yeah and also if you then do this if you then break your tradition to do this to go see new daughter in new house like do you now does is the sister on the Christmas rota now where you have to go to this big new house in no, Devon every they, third uh, year? No, they go back and see the in-laws next year, you know, that, that, as per the plan was. Then that will mean that your parents, Kate from Northampton, won't see you for two years. Oh, no, they'll see you this year, obviously, at your sister's. I'm working that out. No, I just think... How relations work. I mean, look, once it was agreed, you have to kind of go, what does everyone think to this? And everyone in July probably thinks, yeah, that sounds like a nice idea. We'd like to see her new house in Devon. She wants to show it off. She's just had a new baby. That's something to celebrate. Already the baby's sounding less new. <laughs> was, was it knocking around in July? <laughs> You'll be serving canapes at this rate. <laughs> that is something to celebrate. And I think for people so near to the time, even though you say October, it could have been the beginning of November, uh, to change their mind is a little bit selfish. But they have. But they have. But I think you have to put pressure on your husband and children to come with you. I think your sister will be so happy to hear you're not coming. Well, why would she invite her if she didn't want her? Because back in July, it seemed like a lovely idea. But now she's looking at the size of her oven and thinking, oh, dear God, there's 20 people coming. What was I thinking? (laughs) And that baby needs feeding and changing (laughs) all the time. That stupid baby keeps crying and wanting things. (laughs) No, I think you have to stick to the original plan, Kate, and put your foot down on this and just say to them, we'll come and see you at the minute we get back. It's another. It's two days later. What well, or do that to the sister? Our first letter was from Kate from Northampton, and it's a classic Christmas problem: uh, where to go for Christmas. So they have been just flip-flopping one year with Kate's family, other year with her, her husband's family. This year they were supposed to go to the husband's family, but her. Her sister had a new baby and invited everyone, including the husband's parents, down to their new house, big new house in Devon. And they were going to have a massive Christmas there with the new baby. Anyway, a couple of weeks ago, the uh, husband's parents decided, you know what, we don't want to travel at Christmas. We're going to stay here and I guess you'll come to us now. Yeah, Kate, not so keen. Husband, no, that's where we are. We should go there. Uh, What do you think? 
All right. Uh, Laura in Somerset says, I think she should stick to the original plan and spend Christmas in Devon. Her parents-in-law are perfectly entitled to change their minds and want to stay in their own home. However, they are not entitled to expect Kate and her family to do so. Happy Christmas. Very efficient, Laura in Somerset. Happy Christmas. David and Liam are in Leeds. Poor Kate. Do what makes your life easier and what makes you happy. Christmas is a time of year for love and joy, not stress and anxiety. Have you experienced Christmas before, David and Liam? Uh, Set the expectations now. Ring them and offer alternatives. A meal out in the new year, perhaps. That won't go down well. Firstly, no ageing parent should drive seven hours there and back for Christmas. I'm with you, Erica. That's why the kids travel to see them. So fair play if they cancelled. I think the sister would actually be better off letting Kate and her family go to Derbyshire. I agree with you, Erica. I do. I I, I do. But who should I give the advice? Uh, I'm. Do you know what? Because David and Liam are so sweet and so guileless, kind of like, yay, Christmas is lovely. Uh, I'm going to give you the uh, crumble top mince pies with cranberry and orange. They're winging their way to you. Virgin Radio. That was Maria. She was doing an impression of me. I didn't do it. <laughs> I was doing an impression of you doing an impression of <laughs> Kenneth Williams. Hooray! Um, <clears throat> OK, second problem. More shouting at the radio, I feel. Dear Graham and Maria, my neighbour very kindly offered to water my plants and feed the cat when I was off on holiday for two weeks. And to say thank you, before I left, I gave her a bottle of fizz and also put out some treats on the kitchen counter with a note saying for her to take them as well. Are they cat treats? <laughs> what sort of treats? She loves tuna. She's a big fan of tuna. What are those ones, yummies or something that <laughs> cats get addicted to? I returned earlier this week and much to my surprise, not only had she taken the gifts I'd left, but she'd very much made herself at home. My cupboards were ransacked. What? The tub of butter I'd left in the fridge was empty. And to be honest, the living room was in a total state. It looks as if she may have slept on the sofa. We've known each other a couple of years and this is the first time she's offered to do something like this so I don't want to complain too much. After all, the cat was fed and the plants are alive. Or vice versa. The plants were fed and the cat's alive. When I'd returned, she dropped the key through the letterbox when I was at work and left a note to apologise for missing me so she's obviously keen to avoid me. I'm finding the entire scenario so strange. How on earth do I approach this? And that's from Leanne in South End. Listen, Leanne in South End, your cat's still alive, your plants are still alive, so you're winning. Now, whether or not you say ransacked, what is a ransacked cupboard? What has she done? Taken every tin of soup and what what do you mean she'd eaten everything the the butter well, the butter went on something yeah the butter went on something. the cheese biscuits i guess are gone <laughs> they're their history now i mean you know so she's taken comestibles uh and maybe sat on the sofa she i don't think she, why would she sleep on your sofa when she lives next door because leanne might have some really good uh streaming services and apps and things on her telly oh good well thought through yeah. that she doesn't have yeah so she was binging because she only had two weeks to watch like 
all of some Netflix series. You know what I mean? She, yeah, yeah. yeah. So could have all Breaking been... Bad. She's done 96 episodes of Breaking Bad. Yeah, yeah. She's seen every... And all the crown. Breaking Bad is what it is, she just went, butter, <laughs> yeah, spread that on the cushion. Yeah, do that. Um, <laughs> I also think, while you just cough, um, you know, I would just say, Leanne, I don't know how you approach this, I would just suck it up, put it down to experience and maybe find another cat sitter because if you don't want someone in your house... Uh, then eating your butter and ransacking your cupboards. I'd like my cupboards to be ransacked, by the way. Uh, then your neighbour is not the girl. But Graham may be right. I think she wanted to binge on on your Netflix but and also, chill. Leanne is looking for a problem here. Like, how on earth do I approach this? You don't approach it. You know, it's done. It's done. Cat's alive, plant's alive. You, lo- you lost some butter. You know... No, ransacked cupboards, Oh, ransacked cupboards. But, you know, just plump up your cushions and tidy your cupboards and buy some more butter. Spray You're done. a little bit of Febreze around the and place. never ask this woman to do it again. Boom, done. I mean, I do think you're right. It's just find another cat sitter. If yeah. you, if you, it, I wouldn't ever notice if somebody had ransacked my cupboards, <laughs> I have to say, or eaten all my butter or slept on my sofa. There, I, it wouldn't, I wouldn't. In fact, there has been people sleeping on my sofa that I haven't Hastings, noticed. Hastings is going, challenge accepted. <laughs> when, when you come home today, yeah. you'll be like, oh, I'll just get some butter. Oh, who's been eating my butter? Uh, so, Leanne, I really, you know, I get it. It's freaky that someone spent that much time in your house. You know, and I'm sure people will uh, message in with, oh, you know, next time get a Nest camera or one of those things. But in the end, just don't ask this woman to do it again. and Or ask her to do it knowing that she's going to spend a lot of time in your house watching telly yeah. and eat all your stuff. Don't leave her any fears. Don't leave her any treats, cat treats or other ones yummies or whatever and um leave an empty fridge and also you know maybe the fizz was the beginning of the problem because we don't know maybe give her an inch and you take well also maybe she she hadn't had anything to drink for some time (laughs) she's an alcoholic she's in aa possibly and then suddenly leanne's enabling her and she's drunk as a skunk i do think if you are going to do that though and hang around on people's sofas just plump the cushions before you go yes that does seem odd it's that like, do- um, it's that's that sort of rubbing your nose in it, isn't it? I've been in your house, I ate all your butter. And look, see that sofa, how scrunched up it is. <laughs> I did that, I did. Yeah, but your plants are alive and so is your cat. So, so uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where's my where's my present from holiday? Yeah. What did you bring me back? Where's my Spanish dancing doll? <laughs> um, I think people will, will will not have much sympathy for Leanne in Scotland. But, or uh, South End, rather. Yeah. It began with S. I was so close. <laughs> <laughs> Other end of the country, yeah. Graham. <laughs> Leanne in Nova Scotia. Graham Sponsors Part 2. And again, my favourite responders will be getting those four crumble top mince pies with cranberry and orange, courtesy of Waitrose. Delicious. Our second problem was from Leanne in South End. Now, Leanne went away for two weeks and the neighbour thought, oh, I'll feed the cat and water the plants. Thank you so much. She left her a bottle of uh, fizz and some treats. There you go. Lovely. Came back. Yeah, she'd had the, uh, the the fizz and the treats and she'd had a tub of butter, uh, lots of things out of the cupboards and the living room was a mess. It looked like she'd been sleeping in there. Anyway, uh, Leanne doesn't know. What's, how on earth do I approach this? I would just say you don't. You just never ask her again. Anyway, Jane in St. Helens says, approach uh, your neighbour with concern. Say, you couldn't help but notice that it appeared she may have spent longer in the house than you'd anticipated. That way she'll know you're onto her, but can't be defensive with such a thoughtful approach. If she feigns ignorance and brushes it off, get another cat feeder. Jane, why would you get her back again? Why would you even think of having her back again? Teresa's in Torquay. 
Leanne, don't worry about it. Nothing you've said here is serious. She fed your cat and watered your plants. So she helped herself to a few treats she shouldn't have. Don't even give it another thought. She probably just sat on the sofa and gave him a cuddle. Maybe think twice next time. Ah, Teresa's so nice, isn't she? Just, hello trees, hello sky, just lofting through life. Um... Kate in Pembrokeshire, when I ask my friend to keep an eye on my house, I also ask her to feel free to have a bath, etc., as an extra thank you. (laughs) Where did your friend live? (laughs) I come home to find flowers by my bed and a little note welcoming me home, which is precious. So my advice would be, say you're welcome to chill out here and keep the cat company one evening if you like, and then hopefully she'll tidy up after herself and you'll both feel you've benefited from it. Just hide your good wine. Isn't that the truth? Uh, thank you very much for all your responses. I am going to give the uh, four crumble top mince pies with cranberry and orange to lovely Teresa in Torquay, who's, you know, just living a lovely life, isn't she? Just living a lovely life. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. Food to feel good about. Virgin Radio. Stop the clocks, he's here. Uh, yes, Anthony Horvitz. Uh, Alex Ryder. People love Alex Ryder. And he's back in the world. What number is this, 14? This is the 14th in the series. It's an extraordinary thing. I actually have now equaled the record of a great hero of mine who created a slightly more successful spy by the name of James Bond. 14 James Bond novels, now there are 14 Alexes. Wow. Yeah. And how do you... Because, obviously, they've been going for 20 years. Alex Ryder... Oh, how old is Alex Ryder now? Well, the funny thing is that in 20 years, I've managed to get very, very old indeed. While he has aged <laughs> just two years, he's now 16, <laughs> 14 to 16, he has saved the world that many times. How so. do you pace him? How do you, how do you, how did you make him two years older? Like, well, it was a decision right at the very beginning. You know, Harry Potter, of course, in any, every book aged a whole year. But yeah. I decided when I wrote the very first one that it would just be a few months each time. His birthday, he shares it with my son. It's, I think, uh, January the 13th is I his think. birthday. <laughs> uh, well, I have two sons. I can't remember now which birthday I actually gave it to him. But then uh, every time I went back to it, I just went to myself, well, maybe, you know, six weeks have passed or seven weeks. And one, one thing that was always tricky was that Alex is off saving the world in one, you know, all over the place, whether it's America, outer space, the yeah, Caribbean yeah. or whatever. And he has to do it during half term. It's always half term <laughs> or the holidays. You know? He's always missing school as well. A few days and he's trying to catch up desperately with his GCSEs. Uh, and we begin that with it. With, he's doing his mocks. But um, so Nightshade, Nightshade Revenge, if people didn't read Nightshade, explain what Nightshade is. Well, Nightshade was an idea I had a couple of years ago and it was the last of the Alex Ryder books, or the, 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 the one before the last, I should say. And it was uh, an idea of this organisation who have kidnapped a great number of young children at the age of, sort of four or five and have then indoctrinated them and brought them up to become assassins, terrorists, killers, whatever in their control, even with implants in their heads so they get messages whispered to them sort of in their brains every single day it's rather a horrible idea really Yes. even though I hope that the book is fun and just adventurous we don't go, we try not to get too close to any sort of reality, these books are meant to be escapist yeah. uh, and so this organisation has these young people who are now all sort of Alex's age and are for hire around the world and Alex got sucked into their into their sort of orbit in nightshade uh, with a plot I think to, to blow up part of London or something and uh, and he of course he defeated them he, he defeated them and they and they went quiet but then I had the idea because everyone had liked that organization so much which is after Scorpio the other yes. evil organization yeah. I spent my life in 
inventing evil organizations <laughs> and uh, and uh, and then so we so so I brought them back for Nightshade Revenge which does begin exactly with that with their plan to get revenge on Alex for having defeated them the first time round and it involves this gaming system and kind of VR headsets and stuff you know and Anthony you're of an age I mean do I do you play gaming are you a gamer I am not a gamer it's one of the great sadnesses of my life that I wish I was I have tried and tried to find I remember playing Mist back in the day that sort of absorbed do you remember that one which sort of weird sort of secret passages over my head oh well I mean, you're yeah. not a gaming yourself then no but again oh, well, then, I watch you... people game I watch people game and I'm like you I kind of think oh I wish I could get into that because it does look amazing it looks so fun and the, and the graphics are unbelievable now I mean I was, do- yeah. I was looking at one just the other day someone recommended me a game called Stray which is about a cat and they the cat in this game is indistinguishable from a real cat except for the fact that it looks at you and smiles and sort of does things <laughs> like that talks. but it is incredible <laughs> yes and, and talks no it's a, it is a proper cat but it, the, the, the artwork is so beautiful in these games but I have tried to play them and I just get bored because what they don't have is story There's no, and I'm very interested in the fact that you know people like me are inventing stories there are geniuses outside there creating the technology of these games but there are very few occasions I think where the two have come together and actually created a game which also tells a wonderful story that absorbs you at the end of the day it is a digital choice you know, that is what it's all about it's binary so you're pressing your left thumb or your yeah, right yeah. thumb and you're doing amazing things and having amazing adventures but what is missing is that emotional depth which, which you get in books so it's sort of sad I've tried to do it it would be nice to have that as a contact with kids but as you rightly say in the new book I, I have gone in for this world not so much of gaming exactly as this thing called augmented reality which is coming our way and it's sort of going to be the next huge thing and th- I, I, I mean that does sound amazing when they put those headsets on and they can see things yeah, augmented reality is about, sort of, is, that, it's about, is that in the world it's already it's exactly what you say you, it, it is there are games which, I mean Pokemon is actually the most famous example of augmented reality where people went around the place with their uh, with their phones looking on the screen and you would see furry creatures hitting the road I did it in Richmond quite recently when I was writing this book I just downloaded it and did it I can't tell you how thrilling it was to see <laughs> a little pink fluffy thing outside the Odeon in Richmond there it was and I saw it on my phone but augmented reality does much more than that it's sort of the idea is, is that you could be a surgeon performing an operation with this headset on and you'd be given sort of x-rays of what's happening yeah inside the body and advice and pointers and all the rest of it or if you were seeing different places in the world you could put it on and see you know you could see an ancient building and then see pictures of it how it really was hundreds of years ago and all the information about it and, yeah. and gaming too you could go to you know in the book there is a sort of a gaming e arena where you know people play but the, the sort of the future dream is that you could have a, a football or a, or a football match or something without any players actually there or an orchestra playing uh, music and they wouldn't be there I guess ABBA in London is a little bit like it that is, already yeah. so it's sort of that technology and Alex Ryder has always specialised in the technology of not sort of a year from now but a couple of days from now. And tell me because there is real danger in this book you know the the stakes are very high and yet it, it is aimed at younger readers you know they I like the way um, Alex Ryder swears but you just say he swore at them there's no actual swear words how, how, how do you pitch it how do you kind of go okay this is scary enough not scary enough well, as for the swear words first, it's a bit like talking to you now, where your producer came to me and said, do you remember it's live radio? <laughs> in that room also I have my editor who says, do you remember it's young adult fiction? Let's not have any of these, you know, asterisked out words. And I, incidentally, I don't like bad language, so I'm very happy to avoid it in the books. And I don't, for that matter, use sort of modern slang, because if the book's been going for 20 years, so if I say something is cool or wicked, I'm going to really be showing my age immediately. <laughs> uh, so as to the sort of, what was your other part of the question, was sort of levels of violence, action, all that sort of the stuff. The danger, yeah. And danger. Well, I think the, it's 
interesting because what's more difficult is that there is now a whole generation of people who have grown up, boys and girls, who were eight and nine and ten years old when they read Stormbreaker. They're now sort of in their 20s and 30s. And they and I, I meet so many of them who still buy these books because it reminds them of the books they used to enjoy. And the books have become more adult. I have to cater to them yeah. to a certain extent. But at the same time, there are lots of schools still reading Stormbreaker and there are lots of 10-year-olds and 11-year-olds. So what I'm trying to... What I do is I'm just interested in excitement and adventure and danger, of course. You know, if somebody is in, in, in you know, Alex gets up into all sorts of sort of scrapes in this thing, uh, uh, chased all over the world in America, the south of France and in London. And and the secret, I think, is to make the danger real, but not to make the violence too graphic. I mean, yeah. it's a question of that. So so you don't get sort of a lot of bloodshed and sort of horror and unpleasantness. Enough of that in the world already. Thank but, uh, you. Uh, but, but you do get the excitement of the adventure. Alex Ryder, Nightshade Revenge, is out in hardback now. I was going to talk about the TV series, but Ian in Walsall's been in touch. And he's got a question for you. Uh, what are your memories of making Crime Traveller, uh, 1997 BBC drama? I thought it was amazing and it still stands up now. My theory is that it suffered from being made just before the BBC switched to making everything widescreen. Discuss. I had nothing to do with that. Thank you, Ian, for that. And for remembering Crime Traveller, one of the ones that got away, I suppose. The idea of it, you won't know it, Graham, I think it was a great idea. It's a detective who can solve crimes by travelling in time, but only one day maximum, so he can go back to just before the crime is committed and therefore solve it. But that's the first paradox of time, because why does he travel back in time? Because somebody's been murdered. But if they hadn't been murdered, he wouldn't have travelled back in time. Get it? Yes. And it was all playing with paradoxes about crime travel. And it was it was a wonderful show. I loved it. We did eight episodes. And then what happened, and this happens often in television in this country and elsewhere, the head of BBC drama left and somebody else came in. And in between, there's a hiatus, there's a silence. Yes. And in those months, it fell into the hole for a second season and was not recommissioned. I'd have loved to have done it again. I had lots more stories. And it was one of those ideas that just could have run and run but but sadly didn't well good ian's reminded you of thank it thank you ian, yeah you, you'll be in a meeting tomorrow pitching it yeah <laughs> <laughs> i've got something for you uh yeah because amazon uh big fans of alex Ryder. Um, indeed so. They've done so far two seasons of Alex Rides with Otto Farrant playing the lead. Quite a, an old Alex. You were talking at the beginning of this chat about, about the age of Alex. And it was interesting that we cast a 23-year-old in the part and it made no real difference to the show. It, it slightly aged, it made it slightly more family-friendly uh, rather than just for younger kids. And it's done extremely well. The first two seasons were point-blank and that was followed by Eagle Strike. I did not write the scripts. That was done by a writer called Guy Burt who did a fantastic job. Rather better, I have to say, than the screenwriter of Stormbreak of the movie that was me incidentally oh, okay. uh, so he, I was very happy to hand the baton over to him he was he did a great job and we have a third season that everybody on X is asking me when is the next uh, season going to happen it is early next year uh, they, they, I don't know that's but one of the it, but it's in the can oh it's all filmed and I think it is the best of the three it's Scorpia one of my favourite of oh, the yeah, books yeah. number five in the series quite a dark book uh, it's been brilliantly directed uh, and, and performed the director has just moved on Rebecca has just done uh, Moonflower Murders with us um uh, uh, which is which is great to sort of you know the same sort of team coming on to do that, and um, I can't wait for people to see it. It's 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 really good with a wonderful climax down in Bath uh, where we were filming last when, year. And when you are you know because you've got so many books to, to choose from, how do they choose? How do they decide? Right, let's do Scorpio for season three. Well, sort of they is me. I mean, it's me oh, and so my, you decide. Well, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm very involved in the production. Oh, okay. No, I mean in terms of it's it's difficult these days in television because you are working for people you never meet anymore. In the good old days, you know, I knew everybody in the BBC. 
ITV or I could knock on the doors. Now it's people in America, it's algorithms. You never get told how many people are watching, although we do know that it was a success for, for Amazon. Uh, but, the, but actually it starts with Jill Green, who is my wife uh, and the producer of the show, and with Guy Burt, who is the writer, and me sitting down and saying, which book would we like okay. to do? And as to whether there will be a fourth or fifth season, before you ask, uh, <laughs> we don't know. We don't know yet. I mean, I, I have hopes because this show is so, so well done. And uh, But again, working for a, a distant corporation, you just don't know until until you're told. Yeah, but also it must be doing well or there wouldn't be a season three. That you is know. for sure. They're, they're not, they're not, they're These not... days, you know, getting even three seasons on, on a big That's platform huge. is really really a big sign of success. No, yes. absolutely. And also it's clever that you've, you've picked Otto because he won't age out. Um, if yes, I don't know about that actually. I, mean, I don't know if Otto would want to do any more. He's done three, which is great. Like Bond, like Bond, like Doctor Who. It's always very easy to sort of you know introduce someone new to the part. If that happens, I don't know. It's all speculative. I haven't heard. And uh, how do you balance your writing life between young adult and adult? Um, I think it's, I'm moving more and more into into adult books and doing fewer uh, young okay. adult books than I used to. Um, that's the, I'm not quite sure. I think it's partly to do with my age, to be honest with you. But as a writer for young people, it's one area in which every single time you write a new book, you are further away from your audience because they're staying 12, 13 and you're going sort of 50, it, 60 and onwards. It, and is it because your own kids are ageing out? That's what, well, my own kids are sort of both adults and so therefore yeah. we, I had my first grandchild turn up. So, oh, wow. But, that, but that's no good yet because he can't read. He <laughs> sits there and he gurgles. He's no use to me at all. Picture yet. books. Anthony but, Harvard's well, picture books. Well, even those yet. He doesn't quite know where he is in the world. But that, I suppose 10 years from now, maybe I could do another set of kids' books for, for him. But uh, no, it, it's just, it is that that's sort of ageing process and, and the fact that I so love writing murder mystery I'm having yeah, a lot yeah. of fun doing that you're so good at it uh, Anthony Harvich Alex Ryder Nightshade Revenge Nightshade Revenge is out in hardback now The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose food to feel good about Virgin Radio it's that time of year again yes we'll be having a game of winner winner Christmas dinner and hopefully giving away some Christmas treats but first let's cross to our favourite show chef Martha Collison hello Martha hello Graham how are you I'm very well you're in your happy place I am I'm baking yeah <laughs> I mean, does it make you happy? It does. It yeah. does. I just love it when you put like a, a batter into the oven and you look at it and think that looks really unappetising and it's not yeah. going to be nice. And then it comes out a beautiful cake. It's just magic. It is magic. It really is. Um, I was watching uh, Gogglebox on Friday night. And they were looking at uh, Great British Bake Off, oh, very and nice. they'd had to do what, treacle puddings. Oh, Did you see this? I haven't seen the episode, but I've seen the kind of aftermath on social media, and yeah. it looked. <laughs> Like, no one it got... It looked horrifying. Well, apparently they had to keep... The, apparently you had to cook them for a long time and no one left them in for long enough. I mean, I feel like they probably just should have given them a bit more time. <laughs> like, as in the producers should have given them a bit more time if everyone's is not cooked. Yeah, but they, they, they were literally... In the clip I saw, they were literally going, oh, I think I'll leave that in for about 20 minutes. Oh, oh, OK. In which yeah. case... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in which case, terrible bakers. No, terrible I'm bakers. <laughs> Losers. Standards have slipped since my day. Martha Collison slams new contestants. Uh, so what have you baked for us? What magical thing have you made? I have made a sticky gingerbread cake with ginger frosting today. Oh, lovely. I mean, oh, oh, oh and you pre-sliced it for me. Thank you I very much. I cut you a little Look slice. at it just there, winking at me. Mm, <laughs> lovely. Uh, it is, it's one of those things. Uh, why is ginger, why do we associate it with kind of this time of the year? Is it just because of Christmas? I think because of Christmas. Also, it's just like a warming flavour. Yeah. And it's in traditional things like parking and 
Christmas cake and all the things that start coming out. It's, I think they used to use it as a preservative. That heavily spiced things were so that they would last a long time. Oh, okay. Which is why Christmas food is all. <laughs> is it to cover the taste spiced. of things that have gone off? <laughs> Cinnamon Possibly. and ginger. Oh, I don't even know. I'm killing myself. <laughs> yeah. I can assure you that today's ingredients are fully in date. <laughs> Marvellous. Very, very good. A low bar. And uh, where are we in difficulty ratings? We are probably at a medium. A Some medium. gingerbreads are super easy. This one has got ginger at lots of different levels, which may, which is nice, but means there's a bit more effort in preparing different types of ginger. But Yes, and I noticed it's a layer. Did you do two separate cakes or did you do a, a, slice, a, a very difficult slicey thing? I did two separate cakes. I pretty much always do two separate cakes because I find it so hard to slice it evenly through well, the they middle. Always, you always end up with a, <laughs> yeah. an angle. It's weird, isn't it? And if you want frosting in the middle, it's just like a slide. <laughs> and like, <laughs> that's very stressful. And somebody gets the happy side <laughs> with like the deep end with lots of frosting. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think it's nicer to do it as two if you've got the tins because they bake a lot quicker as well. Otherwise, your big fat cakes have to stay in the oven for hours. Otherwise, you look like those people on Bake Off pouring out <laughs> yeah, slop for, uh, for, for Paul's <laughs> taste. Hey, were you wondering how to make a sticky gingerbread cake with ginger frosting? Well, are you in luck? Because uh, Martha's here and she's going to tell us how to make it. How do we start? Indeed. So we're going to start with the gingerbread. I love making ginger cakes because there's none of the creaming and all of the kind of faffy bits of Victoria sponge making and that kind of thing. It's okay, all about melting. <laughs> Well, okay. okay yeah. <laughs> it's all about melting. Mm -hmm. So we take butter, we take golden syrup and treacle, stick it into a saucepan and let that melt and bubble. And even the smell of just that, I know, that is autumnal. <laughs> oh, golden syrup. Black treacle. It's just so mm. underused. Tastes great. So that gets melted down and then we're going to leave that to cool on one side. Okay. The first ginger going into our cake is the stem ginger. So this is Cook's ingredient, stem ginger in syrup. So oh, you yes. find this like with the preserves and the jams and mm -hmm. things like that. And it's like little chunks of ginger. They've already been candied all the way through in the syrup. So you can eat them raw and they're not too intense or too harsh. So taking four chunks of that and then blitz them in a little food processor or chop them up really finely. And that goes in with your melted mixture. We're then adding milk and eggs. Give it a good mix once it's cooled down a little bit and then set that to one side. So that's all your wet ingredients done. Okay. Then dry ingredients into a bowl is self-raising flour, some dark muscovado sugar, baking powder, second ginger of the day, ground ginger. Like for, like root? Like, yeah, like the powdered dry oh, that, ginger. Oh, that ginger. Ground yeah, ginger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So two teaspoons of ground ginger, a little bit of cinnamon, and also half a teaspoon of ground white pepper which adds a nice little bit of spice. Get out of here. I know, it just oh. makes the gingerbread a little bit more interesting. Okay. All those different spices dancing together and a little bit of salt as well, which helps just lift all the flavours. Then we're going to mix the wet and the dry together to get a lovely batter. Mm -hmm. Divide that between two tins, about 23 centimetres. Make sure you've lined those and buttered them and all of the... All the classic yeah, stuff. Yeah, all that obvious stuff. All that. Yeah. It's boring to talk about. Yeah, so yeah we all <laughs> you know, know it. Yeah. <laughs> and then pop those into the oven half an hour until they're nice and spongy. The good thing about gingerbread is that you can make it in advance as well. The cake actually kind of gets better a couple of days after you've made it because the flavours have developed and it stays nice and moist. So you can make this today and eat it on Wednesday if you want to. Marvellous. Who, who could wait? I mean, if you're so wait? restrained. Yeah. but. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then let that cool and then when you want to decorate it we make a lovely frosting so we're making a cream cheese frosting because it's just the perfect partner for all of those sweet spicy flavours so we've got some full fat soft cheese always need full fat or it will go like a puddle on the top of your cake so oh. always the so don't of try fat. and skimp on calories go full no. fat okay <laughs> you're having cake you're having calories <laughs> just enjoy it yeah 
<laughs> so you've got your soft cheese, unsalted butter, whisk that together until it's nice and smooth. Then we're adding lots of icing sugar. And then our final ginger pièce de résistance oh, is yeah. some fresh ginger. Oh, yes. Cut it up into small little pieces and then we're squeezing it kind of through a little bit of muslin. You don't have to do this if you don't want to, but adds a nice little kick of spicy ginger. Yeah. That goes into the frosting. And you can also add a little teaspoon of the ginger syrup if you want to from the stem ginger. Cut up the little pieces of candied ginger and put that around the top as well. It is so pretty. Decorated. It is lovely. And I've just had a big wedge of it and it's delicious. <laughs> Absolutely. It is such a kind of winter warmer. It's gorgeous. Oh, it is so good with a yeah. cup of tea or coffee. It would be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Putting out a request. <laughs> Uh, that is sticky gingerbread cake with ginger frosting. Uh, that recipe is at waitrose.com slash showchef, along with all of Martha's recipes. And you can see the full beauty of that cake on our socials at Virgin Radio UK. Ho, 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 ho. Merry Christmas. Christmas is on the way. That's Christmas music, but jazzy. And we're playing Winner Winner Christmas Dinner. We've got a series of gifts to give away and hopefully £250 to spend at Waitrose on your Christmas feast. Uh, We've got a caller on the line. I believe it's Sarah. Hello, Sarah. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm all right, thanks. How are you? Here, I'm grand. And where are you, Sarah? I'm in Harwich in Essex. Oh, okay. So we could we could almost see you out the window. If I look east, you're out um, there. Yeah, yeah, right at the end. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'll have to shout. Anyway, <laughs> what what are you doing in Harwich this Sunday? Um, I'm waiting for the family to come round, and I think my daughter-in-law is going to cook a lovely Sunday roast. Well, fingers crossed. <laughs> Daughter-in-law's in the car going, what? <laughs> um, all right. So have you started with your Christmas preparations yet? Have you got decorations up or anything yet? I've got my tree up. <gasps> yeah. Wow. Oh, they're, they're cheering. They're cheering behind the glass. Uh, it's so early, Sarah. Did you oh, all... but it's so pretty. <laughs> I know, but did you? have you always put your tree up this early? Is it a new thing? Is it a COVID thing? It's a COVID thing. Yeah. 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 I have to say, my neighbour has a tree up all year round. Not even joking. It's in the window, <laughs> lights on all year round. Loves Christmas. Anyway, Sarah, these are three really, really easy questions. If you Each one you get right, you get a gift from Waitrose, okay? Okay. But if you get all three of them right, so if you get all three of them right, then we go, you know, keep your gifts, doesn't matter. I'm giving you £250, okay, to spend at Waitrose. That's how it works. Okay. Okay. Have you got anyone around to help? No, I haven't. Okay. You'll, you'll know these, Sarah. You'll know these. You I will. hope so. Okay. You'll certainly know some of them. Okay, question one. What is the main colour of Santa's suit? He's probably on your tree somewhere. <laughs> Red. Red, you are correct. Yes, you are. Let me open the gifts. They've actually made gifts. I got very excited. I thought there was presents for me, but no. <laughs> they've, they've got special Graham Norton with the Waitrose uh, paper and everything. You have won. This is gift number one. You have won a number one Florentine-inspired panettone. Yeah, you know the Italian very cake nice. with Sicilian yeah, candied orange nice. peel. Yeah, you know that, Sultanas and everything. Uh, you got that. That's lovely. It's got a big purple bow on it. Okay, question number two. Who sings the Christmas hit, All I Want for Christmas is You? Mariah Carey. You are correct. Yes, you are. Okay, what have we got? What have we got? Ooh, now, 
Even even if you don't get question number three, you've got a jeweled stuffed bronze turkey crown. Nice. Oh, all of the taste, none of the bones. Uh, gorgeous. Absolutely lovely. All right. This is question number three. If you get this right, uh, then you're going straight to £250. Okay. Here okay. We go. Question number three. Okay, here we go. In the film Elf, E-L-F, Elf, which actor plays the character Elf? Will Ferrell. You are... <laughs> Correct! Oh, £250. A voucher is heading its way to Harwich in Essex. Congratulations to you, Sarah. Well done. Thank you very much. <gasps> That's good. 250 quid. That's, I mean, not to be sneezed at. Uh, anyone you'd like to say hello to or Merry Christmas to without your trees up while you're on the radio? I'd like to say hello to Ben and Amy, Daniel, Curtis, Rebecca, and then my grandchildren, Miley, Lola, Aidan, Cody, Effie and Daisy. Okay, and fingers crossed that daughter-in-law is bringing a big joint of meat to the house. <laughs> she will do. She's fantastic. <laughs> All right, lovely to talk to you, Sarah. Thanks for playing. Thank you. Thank All you right, so much. I'm, I'm going with Merry Christmas. There we go. I know it's only November, but, you know, Sarah's got a tree up. She's not going to be offended. Uh, Merry Christmas. Take care of yourself. Congratulations. Bye. Thanks so much for listening today. You can catch me every Saturday and Sunday from 9.30 on Virgin Radio. Follow us on all of our socials to keep up to date and make sure you check out our YouTube channel too. Just look up at Virgin Radio UK and you'll find loads of great interviews and live sessions. Until next time. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. Food to feel good about. Virgin Radio.